With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A bump in the night. Your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Hello, and welcome to Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories. It's Friday. September 1st, and we're kicking off what I have seen on the internet referred to as LDW Labor Day Weekend. <laughs> wow. The LD dubs? Didn't yes. know that it was getting so popular that it requires like <laughs> slang, but oh, yeah. okay. We're, you doing the LD dub plans this weekend? <laughs> yeah, of course. How are you spending LDW? Uh, well, whatever you're doing on this LDW, I hope you're kicking it off great with this FF today. Yeah, I hope everybody gets Monday off and you get to relax because it's Labor Day. Which it should. I've always thought it should be called Anti Labor Day because it's <laughs> you. It's to not have to work. It's, right? it's sure to have rest off. I think it's pro Labor Union Day of like, yes. hey, we should all take care. But yeah, as a kid, I was like, I'm not going to labor this day. <laughs> I'm off of school, mother. I'm going oh, to watch yeah. cartoon. That's all I cared about was getting out of school. We should call it rest day. And I hope that everyone is getting to enjoy these. What I'm going to say are some of the most interesting stories we've had to date. Yes. On this day of labor. Day of do- not doing labor. Or actually, LD I guess dubs. today you're supposed to do labor and then Monday you don't. I say take the whole LD dub. It's a four-day dub. Yes. <laughs> four D <laughs> dubs. Well, on this LD dub, uh, yeah, you're right. The, you have curated quite a lineup for us today. But I also want to save some time at the end after story number six, if possible, for us to discuss Slother House. If you have <laughs> If you're so inclined to talk about, if we could just take, that's pretty freaky. So story number yeah, seven will. can be our trip to AMC North Park to see Slother House. Oh, yes. We absolutely will discuss it. Table I it. Might do, we might end up doing a 10-part series on Slother House, <laughs> the making of the cinematic masterpiece known as Slother House. Oh, I got a lot of comments. <laughs> so good uh, we got home and donald and emily who were babysitting they're like how was it and i was like a cinematic masterpiece no notes <laughs> 50 so out of good. 10 <laughs> so good we'll tell you all about it we will we'll save that for the end but first we have six submitted by all of you lovely listeners and goodness gracious everybody lately has just been coming in clutch everybody understands the assignment Everybody's writing these really well. It makes my job so much easier. I don't have to edit a ton of stuff. No. And I was captivated by some of these stories. It was 2.30 last night. I was like, I really need to go to bed. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to finish 
reading these because I got to know what happens. You're like, I want to know what happens at the end. I also love everybody's writing styles because you all do such a great job of just writing in your own voice. And that yes. makes it feel like you're here with us. It gives us a lot to work with and it makes it feel like we know you. So thank you very much for everybody that's taken the time to write these six stories and every story we've already read and for all those to come because this uh, this whole segment doesn't happen without you. So thank you. For sure. And when I say edit, rarely do I oh, no. do much editing. I, you know, make it easier for us to read and maybe fix a couple things. But I try and keep everything in the voice of the OP because I do love how different everybody's writing is. And that's one cool thing about Freaky Friday is we're not writing these. So no, everybody like gets letters. to hear like different writing styles and Especially in this one, there's several different writing styles, which I really enjoyed. So without further ado, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Jess. And the subject line is, was my ex in the cartel? Hey, ladies, just like everyone that writes in, I love y'all and your podcast. I'm a stay-at-home mom slash woodworker, and you keep me company and focused when I'm in my shop building furniture and creating custom pieces. Anyway, let's get into it. I'm not sure if this is really true crime per se, but it was fucking weird and I still think about it way too often. For context, I've been married to my wonderful hubs for almost 16 years, and this story, quote, ended when we were just newly dating back in 2006. Okay, now to try and explain it the best I can. In 2003-ish, I met a guy through a mutual friend at a party, and we hit it off right away. We'll call him Sam. I'm still too creeped out to use his real name. He had long hair, dark eyes. He was pretty quiet, but was really easy to talk to. We dated on and off for the next probably year and a half. Nothing too serious, but I was just so attracted to him, I couldn't stay away. He said he was from South America, and he and his family had moved up here years before to escape danger in his home country. And that was really all he ever said about his past. I wasn't too worried about his past. He seemed happy here, and I was glad he was safe. I didn't meet his family at all, but he lived with my friend, and I didn't ask many questions. I don't necessarily get along with my family much either, so I figured it was none of my business what his home life was if he didn't want to bring it up. Well, until one day when I got a call from his dad. He told me Sam had been arrested for stealing his car and that he wanted me to meet him for lunch to talk about it. Red flags? Of course not. I was 21 and obviously idiotic and agreed. I had no idea what happened, and I knew he'd never actually steal something, so I had to figure out what I could do to help, right? So we meet for lunch. Again, first time I'd ever met this man or spoken to him. And as soon as I saw him at the restaurant, I knew there was something off. He just looked like a mob boss, suit and tie at an Applebee's. He didn't order food, just sat there with a coffee watching me walk in the front door. He told me immediately that the real reason his son was in jail was that he was dating me, a white girl from the States, not what he ever wanted his son to be associated with. Okay, rude, but whatever. He then told me he would get Sam out of jail if I agreed to not speak with him anymore. Uh, yeah, I think I'm done with all of you at this point. So yes, let's get this over with. I left there in a hurry and didn't really know if that was real. Like, was I just threatened? And I didn't know who to tell that would believe me. So I just stayed quiet. 
The next day, I got a call from Sam. He said he should have warned me to never meet his dad and that he was going to make sure he never bothered me again. Okay, but I don't feel like getting murdered over this, so maybe we shouldn't date? Then, the next month, I got an email from his brother. Sam had raced dirt bikes and was in a tournament in Spain, and there had been an accident. He got hit by other bikes on the track and was killed, according to his brother. I was devastated, and because of the whole creepy dad interaction, I was not allowed at the funeral. But his brother ensured me that he wanted me to have some of Sam's belongings, including some of his cremains. I didn't know how to handle all of this, as I wasn't really up front with my friends and family about the lunch encounter and couldn't explain why I wasn't able to go to the funeral, and I fell into a deep depression. His brother kept in contact with me, only through email, about when he could send me his things, but all I really wanted was closure. I had nothing, but Sam visited my dreams every night for months, until they just stopped. Communication from his brother halted. When I would email him, it was returned like the email address didn't exist. I stopped having dreams. I just went through the motions of daily life, I guess. Fast forward about half a year. I met my now husband in late 2005. We were friends for a while, me being afraid to start any relationship, but eventually made it official right before Christmas 2006. That's where this shit gets crazy. Christmas Eve, I was at home with my mom and stepdad, and my phone rang with no caller ID. Weird. The only time I had seen that was when Sam used to call me. Yes, another red flag I should have seen. His number never showed up when he called. My mind started racing. Stop, Jess, I said to myself. I knew he was gone. Why would he be the first thing on my mind from that? And then the phone rang again. No caller ID. Guess who was on that fucking phone? Sam. The guy that died the year before. The guy that I had no closure from. Seemingly, the guy I completely made up in my mind because there was no trace of him in this world anymore. He was alive. Let me point out, we had moved to a new house since he passed, and there was no way he'd know where we lived. But he asked if he could come see me. He said he saw in a dream. I was dating someone else and knew the new guy made me happy, but he needed to come explain himself. I couldn't speak. I just dropped the phone and broke down. Luckily, my then-boyfriend had known about Sam because I told him about the death when we were still in the friend's face, but I didn't know how he would react if a ghost of boyfriend's past just showed up on my doorstep. Merry Christmas, right? No, no. Sam didn't know where I lived. That wouldn't happen. Until it did. Three hours later, he was there, in the flesh, in my face. I went out to talk to him on the porch. I felt like an asshole to my boyfriend, but I had to get answers. He said he had been in the accident in the race. He showed me the massive scars up his left leg and up his ribs. But he sent his brother back to the States to come get me, to be there with him while he recovered in the hospital. We all know what the brother told me instead. The reason he didn't call me was because his brother went back to Spain and told him I didn't want to be involved with the family anymore and to never speak to me again. He wanted to respect my wishes because of his father's way of intimidating me. So he stayed there until he recovered and came back to the States, only to find his brother burning his belongings to give me as his fake ashes. What? Seriously, what the fuck? Who does that? I was in shock 
And I want to say for a split second, my feelings for him came back, but then I was flooded with fear. Why would his family be so hell bent on us not being together? What were they hiding that I, obviously, was not allowed to know? And I really was in love with my boyfriend, now husband. Sam said he didn't want to interfere, that he was happy I was with someone that treated me well, and he just wanted me to know that I was safe from his family. They'd never bother me again. And then he was gone again. I had too many questions, but I didn't know if I'd ever get the right answers and was honestly afraid to ask. My stomach still drops when I see a street bike. I sometimes feel like I'm being watched. And the dreams? I have one about once a year of him visiting me to make sure I'm still safe. I don't know. What do you think? Was he in the cartel? Was I almost a victim? Did he kill off his family? Also, is he still watching me? Thanks for listening, ladies. Keep your eyes peeled for the mob boss dads out there. They're always watching. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of the Applebee's <laughs> to avoid this guy. Jess, what the hell? This is like a movie that you got involved in. Yeah. What is happening? I got to say, when reading this and it was now, this is when it gets crazy. Girl, it was crazy already. <laughs> now, this is like when it, it gets off. crazier, but it was all, it started off crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. The All of this, this mystery and intrigue and then mm-hmm. to be invited to the Applebee's with the man in a suit that's like, have a seat. And they're just sipping their coffee. This is wild. The dirt bike accident. I want, I don't know about it being in a cartel, but it does seem like I knew a, a person in college who's I'll be very vague, but they had a family member who was the way that their business was described. It was kind of like could have been a contractor, but more likely was a contractor for countries that like the United States have said, do not do business with them. And so it was like a legitimate business done with illegitimate people. And therefore there was some like cover up, whatever, not cover up, but like mystery and intrigue of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what my dad just does blank. And you kind of Google it and you're like, he does a little bit more than that. Yeah. He's a, he's an importer exporter. Yes. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> Missiles. Yeah. You just never know. So uh, it could be cartel. Okay. Yeah, it could be drugs, weapons, something just contractors, you know, whatever kind of shady underground dealings. But yeah, the dad definitely did not want him involved in you that could be the weak link. And also the brother. I mean, it seems like the whole family was in cahoots. Wasn't Mm -hmm. there, maybe it was an Am I the Asshole we did, or it was some kind of Reddit bonus content we did on Patreon, where a woman was marrying into a very, very wealthy family. Yes, that was on Patreon. Describing the hoops they had to jump through and like the vetting and that their whole background is brought up and stuff. Yeah, it was like they figured out it was a relationship advice where she figured out that her fiance's very wealthy family had collected a dossier on mm-hmm. her. Yeah, she like, found it on his computer and like yeah, a hidden folder. Yeah. Yeah, like years worth of photos and all sorts of information about her family and her parents and like even extended family stuff that. You really had to dig to find. They knew. Right. This the kind of gives the I same did, type of yeah. vibes. What'd you say? The kind of stuff I would do with guys I dated on Bumble. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. It was weird. Have when a he whole did folder. It. <laughs> no, but for real, this is such strange vibes. It seems similar. Like the family either involved in some kind of criminal activity or maybe, maybe he really was like, I don't want my son marrying a a white girl or being in a relationship. And so I'm going to put a stop to this. If that's the only reason 
you deserve that Applebee's because Applebee's <laughs> sucks and that's where you should be eating. <laughs> I also like to think that this guy was like, what's the most American basic looking place <laughs> I can go that nobody will Nobody will think is suspicious. In, Applebee's. Types in neighborhood restaurant America, and they're like eating good in the neighborhood. Applebee's. He's like everyone goes to Applebee's. It's and the neighborhood coffee, and I'm gonna wear my suit, my finest suit. Yeah, if it's just a please don't date my son, faking his death and creating fake cremains is going way above and beyond. Oh, please just Lord. don't date my son. Yeah, yeah. and it's tip. like like she said, like yeah, don't worry, I'm done. I'm not gonna be a part of this family. <laughs> yeah, don't twist my arm. We're broken no. up. Oh, well, I'm glad, Jess, that you didn't, you weren't harmed in any way, but Mm-mm. what a strange story. And this would eat at me till the day I died. Yeah, I'm still curious. I wish, if you know his full name, man, I'd love to dig in on somebody and oh, yeah. try to find their- Send us find, his name. We'll find some stuff yeah, out. Yeah, I can find stuff out. I found a TikTok about someone and within like three minutes, I knew their full address, full name, parents' name, when they died- who owned the house they lived in, all that stuff. Like, it's dangerous what you can find out about people with mm-hmm. very little information on a TikTok. Yeah. It honestly is. It's scary. It works in our favor a lot of times, yeah. but it also can work against you. Remember, <laughs> if you can do it to someone, yeah. they can also do it to you. So exactly. anything you put out there can uh, be traced back to you. I find it interesting, too, that they were each kind of having dreams about each other. That is strange. And it's that would explain some type of that weird attraction that Jess felt straight off. Like, I feel like we're some type of connected and that's Mm -hmm. more in the woo woo spiritual, you know, whatever, maybe you're part of your souls or your souls met in some past life or something. I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. energies exchange, or you just have like a strong connection that just is born out of something we can't even explain, but that might explain the dreams or just the fact that y'all are thinking about each other that strong. That energy is shared. Well, thank you, Jess. And we will keep our eyes peeled for the mob boss, especially when we're eating good in the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Sinisterhood will be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, this next one is from Mandy. Mandy didn't give a subject line, so I've taken the uh, liberty of titling this The Teacup Poisoner. Hey, my ex-girlfriend introduced me to your podcast. And though the relationship didn't last, my love of the podcast has remained. Now, let's get into it. In the 1970s, my mom's beloved Aunt Dorothy was married to a man named Leslie, who I remember from when I was very young. He was creepy and miserly, and no one could see what Dorothy saw in him. Picture a round, red-faced man with horned rimmed glasses and rubbery lips. 
1975, Leslie was arrested after he was driving and hit a young child who died instantly. Having been assessed and found mentally unstable, Leslie was deemed unable to stand trial. At the time, medics believed he was schizophrenic, though we have since discovered that he was suffering from an illness caused by untreated syphilis, a gift he shared with my great-aunt Dorothy, and which led to the death of their baby daughter Dolores, at just a few months old. For his crime, Leslie was sent to Broadmoor Hospital, originally known as the Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, where he lived amongst some of Britain's most prolific serial killers. These included Graham Young, who was known as the teacup poisoner. From a small child, Young had been obsessed with chemistry, deadly compounds in particular, and he ended up in Broadmoor after he poisoned his whole family, killing his stepmother. His father and sister were lucky to survive. Having been diagnosed as having psychopathic disorder, now termed under schizophrenia, Young was sent to Broadmoor for treatment at age 14. Young's knowledge of poisons was extensive, and as an inmate, he continued to study medical texts in order to learn even more. As a result, he managed to kill fellow patient John Barrage using cyanide he extracted from the leaves of laurel bushes on the hospital grounds. Because why wouldn't you plant deadly foliage in the gardens of a mental health hospital? Young then attempted to poison all the Broadmoor staff and inmates, including Leslie, when he dosed the tea urn with his own concocted poison. Thankfully, this attempt was thwarted when he was caught in the act, but he remained undeterred. Young was released after eight years, having been declared, quote, fully recovered. He went on to get a job at a laboratory that handles toxic substances, including thallium, one of his poisons of choice. His employers were not informed of his past as a convicted poisoner, and his probation officer never once visited his home or workplace. This left him free to poison all the workforce, leading to the death of his foreman and another co-worker. Once again, he had been lacing the tea with poisons. An investigation was launched, and Young was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He died there in 1990, just shy of his 43rd birthday. Leslie, however, lived into old age, despite his brush with Britain's infamous poisoner. He was a horrible little man, but at least he provided this tenuous link to the world of serial killers and mental hospitals, two subjects I am fascinated by. Thank you for all you do, and stay away from tea urns, Mandy. Well, Mandy, what an entree into this whole world that I'd never heard of, this prolific tea poisoner. No, I'd never heard of it either. I have heard of the Broadmoor Hospital, and when you Google it, it was originally known as an asylum, of course, because it was very old back then. But it is kind of the most famous mental health hospital, and it's housed some of the worst. And mm. pictures of it. You know it's haunted. You just yeah. look at it and you go, this is haunted, definitely. Yeah. A lot of those places were just housing people that had predilections towards it. And then the treatment that they received, mm -hmm. whether through abuse or in this case, it sounds like negligence to just let him run wild with medical texts and laurel bushes <laughs> from which he can extract cyanide. Like, he's too smart for his own good. Keep him away from the bushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, man, you know when he found those, he was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> They don't even know. That's, a, like you said, a good testament of this was back in the days, like when we did that um, trans Allegheny, when everything was designed to, you know, 
promote like wellness and the grounds are beautiful and maintained, mm -hmm. but the actual healthcare that was being provided was minimal and often very torturous and inmates were allowed to just interact with each other. And obviously tea time turned into a horrible time. Yeah, right. It's like a little bit closer watch, but a lot of those places, I mean, most of those places, thank God, are now either closed or very, very much reformed. But what a, a thing that you're just driving and you, you know, getting this, I guess, accident or it sounds like he was negligent or had mental health issues. And that leads to you, you to be being housed in one of these places. that's like all the absolute worst offenders, mm -hmm. man. Well, thank you for sending that one in. This next one is from Cynthia Wandler, and it's called Our Anniversary Date Started Out Fun. Hi, Christy and Heather. Thanks for your show and for sharing your humor and thoughts, always in a sensitive and respectful way. My story isn't paranormal, but it's definitely odd. Once on our anniversary, my husband and I went to the river for a picnic while my parents babysat. While there, we decided to rent a tube to go tubing. As parents of young kids, we didn't often have time to ourselves. I was excited to do something spontaneous and out of my comfort zone. I'm scared of deep water. We floated down the river, occasionally seeing others ahead or behind us. The sun was warm and the current felt thrilling, but not dangerous. I was enjoying the scenery and the time with my husband when we spotted a small beach ahead. There were two women and a girl of about six years old standing on the sand as well as a group of about five or six noisy, bigger guys. The adults all seemed to be in their mid-twenties. Why would those women bring that little girl along while they're hanging out with those guys? I said to my husband. Then one of the guys shouted to us out on the river. Hey guys, want to come hang out? Want some Cheetos? We laughed and told him thanks, but we were good. Suddenly, there were splashes around our tubes. Confused, we looked around and realized the guy on the beach had been joined by a friend, and they were whipping rocks at us. Not little skipping stones, but jagged rocks the size of their hands. One rock came close to hitting me in the head. We paddled ahead to move out of their range faster. The guy shouted and swore at us. Once safe again, I could not process that these guys were throwing rocks at other human beings and trying to hit them. And why were they swearing at us? I felt deflated. My husband and I didn't talk much for the rest of our float. When we got to the pickup spot, we got out of the water and carried our tubes up to the parking lot to wait for the bus that would drive us back to the parking lot at our starting point. A bus was just pulling away, so we knew we had to wait about 20 to 30 minutes for the next one. A couple of other people joined us shortly, and we made small talk. Then the two young women and the girl arrived. As they had been hanging out with the guys whipping rocks at us, my husband and I ignored them. Then one of the women asked how long we'd been waiting, so my husband politely answered her. Then she told him they weren't with the guys who had been throwing rocks at us. She explained that her friend, her daughter, and herself had planned a girl's day of tubing, but when they got on the water, this group of guys on their floaties caught up to them and grabbed onto their tube handles. The women were polite with small talk, but the men wouldn't leave them alone continuing to hold on to the women's tubes and float alongside them. When the women saw the beach, they told the men they were going to stop and take a break. The women hoped the men would just keep floating down the river on their own, but they didn't. They told the women they would stop too and keep hanging out with them. 
While they were on the beach, one of the men casually showed one of the women he had a knife. It was shortly after this my husband and I floated by, first laughing at the Cheetos invitation and then quickly appalled as rocks landed around us. It became clear the women were afraid of the men. I decided to contact a park warden to report what had happened, but I couldn't get internet reception to look up the number. Then we heard those guys coming, hollering and swearing as they climbed up to the parking lot. They burst from the path into the space between all of us. It seemed as though they were drunk, high, or both. The rest of us exchanged looks. The woman whispered that the men wouldn't be getting on the bus with us because they already had a vehicle waiting for them. That was a relief. The men talked and stumbled around the parking lot, their large presence feeling threatening and unpredictable. I wondered if it was just the one guy who had a knife or whether there were others. Finally, the bus came. When I got on the bus, I told the driver that this group of men had been harassing these women and could he please contact a park warden? He said he didn't have the number, so I asked him to call for the police. He didn't. While we all boarded the bus, the group of men piled into a green van. The bus driver closed the door and pulled out of the lot. Everyone seemed to relax. Then I noticed that the van was following us. Why are they following us? The mother of the girl asked. They said they were dropped off at the starting point, so it's not like they're going back to pick up a vehicle. She told us then that she was scared the men would try to follow her and her friend and daughter home. Feeling intimidated when asked, she had given them her address during small talk. The green van drove behind us on the highway, with one side door open, while someone from inside held an inflated raft on the roof of the van. The raft flew out of his hand and off of the overpass. Nobody on the bus chit-chatted. It felt like a scene from a movie. We were silent and afraid, watching out the back windows, wondering why the van was following us, hoping it would turn off. But it didn't. It followed us down a side road and into the woods as we made our way to the starting point. I asked the bus driver again if he would call the police, but he replied he had called his boss to warn him and that his boss and the other staff were manning all the entrances to the parking lot. The bus pulled up to the rental shack that held everyone's vehicle keys as collateral for returning the tubes. My husband had asked the women if they wanted us to follow them home to make sure the men weren't following them, and the women said yes. People rushed from the bus, got their keys, and ran for their vehicles. Suddenly, there was a large man in swimming trucks weaving around the grass parking lot, blood running from his face and down over his big belly. While the boss of the tube rental place had been trying to talk to the driver of the green van, the young men inside had pushed this guy out, then slammed the side door before the driver began driving around the parking lot. This is ridiculous, I thought and told my husband I was calling 911. In the meantime, the van's driver found an unmanned exit from the lot and took off, leaving the bleeding friend behind. I updated the 911 operator, then hung up. The boss told us he'd talked to the bleeding man, who'd said his friends had beat him up and thrown him out. While we waited for police, and possibly an ambulance, the van burst back into the lot and drove up to the bleeding guy, where someone opened the side door and pulled him inside, before the van took off again. A police officer arrived, and after a brief conversation with us, he left to find the van. My husband and I followed the women partway home. Until they felt comfortable, the van was not following them. We learned the next day the police never did find the van of men. 
What I remember most strongly about the incident is my anger at these men who felt entitled to outnumber and harass the two women and girl and the tense silence on the bus as we were being followed and the people threw rocks at us. Oh, (laughs) I would have lost it. Somebody throwing rocks at you. That's so you really can get. A head injury. I mean, that could sound like an old buddy-duddy, but we shouldn't chuck rocks at people. So if you haven't ever been tubing, I don't know how common this is everywhere, but like in Texas is a very common thing. We have rivers here and people will go down and like camp out or you just go and you tube the river and there's usually like a four-hour route you can go or there's a longer one. But once you get on... You can't really get off it just Mm -hmm. anywhere you want. You have to wait for like either places you can get out or until the whole float is over. So the beachy area or like something that you can beach on. Yeah. Or if you just want to like leave, like the beach is still like within the water area. You know what I mean? If you to get to like a point where you can like your car leave and go out. Yeah. It's you can't just get out wherever. So you to be trapped and especially like. With water and a child. And a knife, which can deflate your tube, which is your way back. True. Didn't even think about that. The knife threat is, and I think showing someone, oh, it's he casually showed me the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, or did he say, uh, you know, I always keep a knife with me, just by the way, FYI. Even if it was shown casually, he was deliberately letting you know, like, don't fuck with me. Yeah, I have a knife. Also, where do you live? Where's your address? But it's just that feeling of we were just hanging out and these loud obnoxious entitled dudes came up and were taking up this space with no regard for anyone else no regard that the little girl was probably scared no regard that like we're having a girl's day this has nothing to do with you that selfishness yeah it makes you it's it makes me real pissed it makes me oh, want yeah. the rocks makes me want the rocks at people I, yes and a six-year-old little girl i yeah. mean not only are you scared as the mother for your own safety but first and foremost for hers. So now you're like, you can't even, it's just overwhelming the fear and like, Mm -hmm. what do I do? And then maybe you see somebody float by and you're like, Oh, maybe they can help us. And then they just start chunking rocks at them. Yeah. You're like, they're not going to come help the bad guys. Like you're, they're not going to come help you. We're going to hit them with rocks. I'm glad at some point, obviously the women and girl got away. Mm -hmm. The drunk assholes, Going down the highway, throwing rafts up. I mean, clearly they're holding the out of their minds on something, but they took it to the extreme. And why is their friend all bloody? Was it really their friend even? Yeah, they they beat him up and then chucked him out left. And we're like, he's probably going to be able to identify us. We got to go back and get him. And then go back and get him. Wild, man. This story is wild and with so many twists and turns. Totally believable, though, because I have been on rivers where people are drinking and tubing, and it is wild. Oftentimes, too wild. You're like, this is dangerous. There's really not lifeguards. Everyone's drunk or doing whatever in the water. It's There's kids. It's honestly, like, it should be more probably, I don't, police, not by police, but manned, like, managed. Yeah, something should be done. (laughs) It is pretty loose that you just get as drunk as you want and just float around in the full sun and clearly have a knife. (laughs) It's pretty loose out there. You go to drink. Like, that's Mm -hmm. most of what why people go. You get a cooler 
specifically, or you get a tube specifically to put your cooler in. Yeah, the cooler gets its own tube. The for cooler sure. goes or you tube get a and tube. Cooler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something. So it's. Yeah, it's wild. Anytime water's involved, I feel like I'm automatically at a disadvantage, so mm-hmm. the fear just ramps up. Yeah, you feel trapped out there. Whew, yeah. But good for y'all for calling 911 eventually. And For sure. Man, that, they need to update their policies at that the bus company that, like, yeah, radio it in. If the customer comes up and says some shit's going down, radio ahead so that the cops can be waiting. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, that's more liability that you have them chucking people out of the van on your property in your parking lot. Yeah. Crazy stuff. It's wild. I do not know what state this was in, but if it was in Texas, I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this next one is from Brianna. And the subject line is The Silver Sphere. Brianna writes, It was 2009 in central Queensland, Australia. We had just finished building our brand new house. It was the first house to be built in a new development, so we had no neighbors yet, only empty dirt blocks cut out and leveled from the surrounding bush. At 12, this was fantastic. My siblings and I could play in the bushland, exploring the old motorbike tracks and the burned-out shell of the ghost house on the hill, but that house is a different story. The house was split into three levels. Living areas on the ground floor, three bedrooms on the top floor, and my room on the floor in between, which opened into our backyard. I was stoked to have my own room and so far away from my parents. That night, we went to bed early. At about 1 a.m., I woke up unexpectedly. As I lay there confused, I heard a high-pitched ringing, almost like the chime of a bell, but so soft, so clear, and persisting for several minutes. I had always been a bit of a scaredy cat, but decided to have a look anyway. Whatever it was, it didn't sound scary. I lifted my blinds and looked outside, and although I told myself I wasn't scared, my breath was quick and my heart was racing. Then I saw it. About two meters or six and a half feet from the fence sat a silver box. It looked to be about 20 centimeters or about eight inches cubed. And whilst it was clearly metal, it looked like no kind of metal I'd ever seen. It seemed to be matte, shiny, plasticky, and shimmery all at the same time. To me, this didn't register in my mind quite so much as the fact that the box was hovering about a foot off the ground. A light emanated from the bottom of the box, illuminating the dirt beneath it. I wasn't sure what exactly I was looking at, 
But from the second I saw it, I was terrified. Some part of me wanted to keep watching. It was eerily pretty to watch this otherworldly metal box slowly spin in place. However, I got the sense that I needed to look away. As I thought this, the box stopped spinning. And although every surface looked exactly the same as the others, I got the sense that it was looking at me. In terror, I dropped the blinds and laid down. The shimmering, whistling noise seemed to get louder, and a bright light started filtering through the edge of my blinds, like it was coming closer to my room. I pretended to be asleep. In my mind, if I stayed still and quiet, this thing, whatever it was, wouldn't think I needed to be dealt with. After about 60 seconds of this, the feeling of being watched went away, and the light and sound faded from my room. I kept my eyes tightly closed for another few minutes, convinced that if I opened my eyes, the box would be in my room, hovering over my bed. Eventually, I calmed down and decided to try and fall back asleep. When I woke in the morning, I had successfully convinced myself that it was an extremely detailed dream. I'd always had vivid dreams like that that felt real, and I'd always been an easily scared kid. But I was still a bit anxious and couldn't quite shake the fear. As I got ready for school, I decided that I should just go out and have a look of where I'd seen it, just to ease my mind. I stepped out into the backyard, found the area I had dreamed the box was in, and stared down at the large scorch mark left in the dirt. Dun, dun, dun! Mm. Man, when you think it was all in your head and then you get some proof that it was in <gasps> fact not... There was, in fact, a box hovering over the dirt outside your window. And the glow was some type of firepower or something if it scorched the earth. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, it was just, it was all in my imagination. How is there evidence? This is so interesting because we've never received, and I don't think I've even just heard on my own that a, a of a description like this of some kind of UFO alien type encounter, like a small box. Usually it's a huge spaceship Maybe yeah they're sending down a little like a rover almost to do <laughs> some investigating it's like a little probe uh-huh. yeah i mean we've heard of the bet's mystery sphere but yeah. that did not glow and that did not float and that might have been like a piece of uh, garden decoration that fell off of the <laughs> truck a mirror I, ball. <laughs> I, think it, I think that was one of the possible <laughs> explanations and go back and listen to that episode mm-hmm. but this mystery box man it's uh, like you said, could be a probe, kind of a drone. There's the mm-hmm. aliens that I guess is there's a wormhole in the ocean. So the aliens come up through the ocean, send the box out. That's why it looks all shimmery. It's probably got water dripping off uh-huh. of it. Yeah, there it is. We solved it. And it's a knot of a plastic or metal <laughs> you recognize because it's ocean alien plastic. Da, 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 da. It's from under the sea. <laughs> so you that's it. Yeah, that's um, man. Every time we get one of these, I'm just like, why can't it be me? <laughs> I've done everything. Isn't that, I think it's Erica Badu. There's like a famous, see, like a famous interview clip, but she's like, I've done everything to get the aliens to take me. I've tried so hard. I've tried everything. What's wrong? What am I doing it's just wrong? It's not happening. Just tell me. To, we how need do I you get here, Erica. That's why Dallas is on. You yes. got to stay here. We need you. Well, Brianna, uh, I don't know why you were chosen, but if you can send them our way, we'd like to see it as well. And I will let you know. We'll follow up if anybody else in either central Queensland, Australia, or anywhere has seen a hovering box that leaves leaves a scorch mark in the dirt afterwards. If I was an alien, 
I would choose Australia to do a lot of research because they have everything. The thing about all the things that you say, I tell you, it's always a song lyric. If I was an alien, <laughs> I would choose Australia to do my research. <laughs> Just singing if I was a rich man, but if I was an alien. <laughs> I mean, there's things there that yeah. aren't anywhere else. I saw a TikTok the other day of, I think they're called carpet snakes. Don't let the name fool you. They don't look like carpet. This thing was like five feet fucking long. I mean, thick as a tree trunk, calling from the roof of someone's house, oh. or I guess slithering into a tree. And they're just all outside like, oh, look at it. Look <gasps> at it. Go. And I'm like, I would move. Ah! I would just grab my children and whatever I could and flee Queensland. immediately. And they're Queensland. like, just another day in Australia. This is the same place. You're exactly the... the it's Queensland. Are you looking yes, at the TikTok? I looked up the giant python. I found an article about the python from the TikTok. That is five meters Oh, five long. meters? It's I'm five sorry. Meters it's is... not five feet. Five meters is 16 feet. <laughs> this video, my God. Wait, let me see if it... Show it to me. Let me see if it's the same one. It's like a two-story house. Yes. And it's crawling from the roof into the tree. Yep, that's yep. it. Yep. That's just out there <gasps> in a residential neighborhood. Uh, it looks like they're having duct work, like, done. <laughs> and that that is, like, some sort of fucking construction equipment. It's going into the trees. And listen to the audio, though. The only one alarmed is the child because they know everyone else is just laughing like, yep, there it goes. You got to learn someday, kid. Welcome to Australia. We've got <laughs> fucking snakes that go through the trees in a goddamn box or scorch your dirt. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. Well, oh, yikes. Brianna, yeah. keep your eyes peeled for the carpet python, but also for the silver sphere. My money's on the carpet python versus sphere. I think it could crush the sphere. If I lived in Australia and it was like, you can either see this python or a small alien box every time I'm choosing an alien box. 100%. I don't even know where it's going to go. It could go inside of me, but I am still going to choose that over the snake. Yeah. If they said you'll look in the alien box and it'll show you whatever, it could be your greatest fear, how you're going to die <laughs> or it's you versus the snake. I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to open it. Cause it would have been like the snake in the box. Cause that's how I'm going right. to die. <laughs> <laughs> that 16 feet. That, yeah, that is bigger than the room I'm currently in. Oh, yeah. It's at least three of me stacked up. I'm 5'4". Yeah. <laughs> I'm 5'8". Yeah. Yeah. God damn. And then they curl up. Oh, they're so thick. I hate it. It's like a fire hose filled with a lot of thick and chunky Campbell soup. And Just venom. Like, and venom. And <laughs> they'll crush you. Even that's the thing about a python. Because... So, snakes sometimes the bigger ones they're not poisonous and then like the snake's not poisonous yeah it can wrap itself around a fucking ford taurus and crunch it like a tin can i Doesn't need to be care. poisonous no. when it can just look at you and you have a heart attack and die <laughs> that's how threatening it is i freak out and shit myself to death so my <laughs> goodness what a python we'll uh we'll put the link to that tiktok in the show notes oh yeah, you yeah. freak yourself out or just oh. honestly type in carpet python queensland it'll come up the articles will come up on it and it is quite a sight. <laughs> or Aussies are like, that ain't a snake. Oh, it's, it's this a snake. This is a snake. <laughs> and then they show us a, their pet 30 foot 
anaconda. snake that they just keep in the backyard. Throw it He's a like, rabbit every now and then. This is my again. anaconda. He's famous. He was on uh, the movie Anaconda. <laughs> it's like, you keep him as a pet? Sure you do. I bet you do. Wait, did he something with them? Fuck, Australians are built different, man. They are. They're they tough. Are. They can handle spiders the size of dinner plates, like it's, you say. They just it's handle the it. Bush. It's amazing. They're born in the bush. They die in the bush. We gotta get. We gotta get there. I gotta get to the bush. I want to come to the bush. I'm scared of the bush. Don't be scared. Let but the bush welcomes you. I'll I'll dip my toe in. Only a toe <laughs> because I'm okay with losing a toe to whatever <laughs> snake is immediately going to attack me. I feel like as soon as I step foot in Australia, I get off a plane <laughs> and like opens. spiders and snakes just flock to me. Somehow a great white also <laughs> like comes on land. <laughs> They're like, this is a, this is an airport terminal. There's not, Oh my God. Why are there snakes and there's spiders all of a sudden we're getting reports of a great white in terminal C at Sydney <laughs> international airport. And they're all going after one blonde Texan woman who kept yelling, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. God damn it, Australia. I knew this would happen. That's her quote uh, as she was uh, consumed by the python. We could see a shape, a uh, Christy-shaped body going through the python. She's trapped in there. Oh, and then the python's eaten by the shark. And then I'm taken into... The ocean where yeah, I go and find the aliens and then the it all comes full circle. <laughs> the Meg will get you after that. <laughs> well, thank you, Brianna. Stay away from the bush. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This next one is from Destiny. And the subject line is definitely Satanist, but probably potheads. What's up, Heather and Christy? Thanks for being my podcast BFFs as I clean and dry and fold endless laundry. You both inspire me to be more unapologetically myself. I definitely need a WWCWD bracelet to stand up for myself more often. Heather, you've helped me embrace my own humor and intelligence without worrying about how I come across. Fangirling over onto the goods. Sometime in probably spring of 1994, I was in fifth grade in rural southern Illinois. The school was populated by a collection of tiny towns coming together to form the district. Think towns of less than a thousand people forming a school with graduating classes of less than 50 students. My fifth grade class was going to go on a walk down some long country roads to get to a very old cemetery to do some gravestone rubbings. I know, I know, but it was the 90s. We walked across a bridge over a creek and saw below us on a bank a grouping of five stones with a burned area in the middle. 
and all the conversations turn to how that must have been devil worshippers and Satanists, and how those people sacrificed small animals in the woods to summon the devil. It was all anyone could talk about, and it seemed like everyone had a story of finding weird stuff that just had to be more evidence of the Satanist. I got to be one of the experts of the class, as I lived the farthest out into the wilderness that my road was gravel. All my stories were of coyotes howling all night, and one dramatic retelling of finding a fully intact raccoon skeleton in some receding floodwaters. We get out to the cemetery and start seeing who can find the oldest gravestone. The cemetery itself was well-maintained, but the area surrounding it was all very, very tall grass. We're talking grass over six feet tall all around the three sides of the cemetery. We all do our grave marker rubbings and write down information about the decedent so we can find out more information about them, especially the veterans. This cemetery had stones from the late 1800s, Civil War veterans. During lunch, we all got to run around and explore a bit, so obviously, being in a cemetery, we were looking for more evidence of the Satanists. Going into the tall grass at the back of the cemetery, myself and another girl came to an area that had been cleared out of the tall grass. As we entered this clearing, we saw some kind of different plants, but the most damning evidence was a brown leather bag and a big, sharp scythe. The same kind of scythe carried by the devil himself. Clear-cut, absolutely undeniable evidence that our small town was being overrun with devil-worshipping Satanists. We hurried back to the shade of the tall grass and discussed what we should do. Should we look in the bag? But what if there's evidence in there and we contaminate it? Should we just take the bag and turn it into the proper authorities? No, you can't take stuff from a crime scene. We had finally come to the decision that one of us should distract the teacher so that the other can remain on a stake out of the scene and uncover the mystery. But those plans were short-lived. I mean, it was the 90s, and we were still 10-year-olds, and she was actually a good and attentive teacher, so the potential Satanists and their obviously nefarious ritual site were relegated to the annals of small-town elementary school legend. Fast forward like nine years, I was very much like Heather, pretty naive and sort of sheltered, very much a good kid, so my exposure to drugs and the like was very limited. So it took until college for me to see a marijuana plant and for the memory of the Satanists in the cemetery to come flooding back. This whole class of 10-year-olds coming to see an old cemetery had most likely interrupted some poor, semi-innocent pot farmer checking on their crop. Maybe their use of an actual scythe is sketchy, but they may have just been the dramatic kind of individual. I was embarrassed for half a minute at being so naive but now it's just a funny memory of all the crazy things that happened in small towns and how wild the stories can get when left to big imaginations. Now that pot is legal in Illinois, I can only hope that a farmer found a way to cash in on the hobby he had to hide all of those years ago. Thanks for all the stories and the time you spend researching. Your laughter has been a huge joy in my life for years now. I love you both. Tommy and Paris too. Yours, Destiny. Dude, seeing shit in the woods and being like, that's the devil worshippers. <laughs> that is like how you know you grew up in the 90s. Oh, yeah. 100%. Also, I feel very seen because I've said before, a field trip we had was grave rubbings. Yes, and yes. I was like, is this just so macabre that we did this? But <laughs> it was the 90s and that's what you did. But it is still cool. I, Ella would love something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. She loves like, like driving by cemeteries and stuff and is always like fascinated and interested by cemeteries so and especially if there's, yeah and if there's graves that are from like the civil war i mean that's you're looking back into the past 
Yeah, super fun. But yeah, that kind of field trip where, you know, you kind of get a little bit of leeway where you're like, oh, you know, it's Mm -hmm. lunchtime or it's break time. You can run and you like run off with your friend. And the fact that you found a scythe that has such a feeling of like, oh, this made me think of Marilla, which is my best friend growing up and was still friends to this day. Marilla, if you're listening, you grow, you know, this shit would happen to us. (laughs) We would always be like going, you know, kind of like sneaking around or like just kind of being nosy and then finding shit. And of course, I was a chicken shit and would run around from it. Was Marilla the one that was like... I'll get the scythe, Heather. You go get help. <laughs> she was a little bit more brave. We were both, um, we would, I was bigger. I was like always the bigger kid. So oftentimes I would like, you know, be the dude, take the fall or whatever, but not, we were never really in any major scrapes. We were just more nosy, but digging around the woods or going behind stuff or something like this where you like go into a clearing and find something creepy. That's just like a kid jackpot. You found a devil scythe? Come on. Also, a uh, garden of pot. Had you been older, he would have been like, wow, but also (laughs) probably would have also had the uh, immediate thought of, oh, somebody probably doesn't want me to see this. So I'm going to GTFO. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here before I get uh, hollered at at the very least and something much, much worse at the most. But that's uh, that feeling of what somebody was just here if Mm -hmm. they had, you know, just burned something or just here. But yeah, all as a kid, any undeveloped area was always like, oh, that's devil worshiper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and we had a cemetery in our neighborhood. There was a rumor that devil worshipers would go in there and do like animal mutations and stuff. I'm like, I don't think that's true. It was probably just like the people that live next door, like their family plot. To this day, I'm not really sure. I assume it's still there. You don't just move a cemetery usually. Like it's, once it's there, it's there, right? They do sometimes depending on who it is. I don't know. In Mesquite, they built, they bought all the land around the Motley family cemetery and built the college that I did a semester at Eastfield around it. And so when you go to like play tennis, there's just this old, decrepit, horrifying cemetery next to it (laughs) that has people's body parts buried separate from them. Like one of the family members lost a hand or an arm and then another one lost a foot or a leg. And it says like, here lies the arm of blah, 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 Motley. But yeah, you're just like going on a jog around the college campus and there's this rickety Adams family looking at a cemetery that's out there and they're like, well, we bought the land, tore down the house, but we left all the gravestones. That's wild. Multiple <laughs> family members had to couldn't be buried intact? Was there well, an incident? One of them, I think it was a horse incident and he, the leg got green green and it had to be amputated. And so they buried just the leg. And then the While other one. While he I, was still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. So they buried his leg and then later on he died and they buried him. And then but another. not with the leg. No, they didn't dig the leg up and put it back where it went. <laughs> Um, and then the same with the uh, the uh, the hand or li- like arm or hand was a threshing. I think it was like a wheat threshing incident wow. or some machinery incident but i got real into looking them up because as a kid it was this haunted house on the hill it was so creepy everybody talked about it and there was a cemetery where body parts are buried and that's true i mean it was a true foundation to the story that you can walk out there and see a gravestone to an arm i'm is that something that is still done like do people do that or maybe it Nowadays, it would just be disposed of probably by the doctor, right? I imagine, yeah, there's some sort of a, I'm sure we have so many uh, listeners in either the medical or the science field that would probably write into us and let us know this is how we dispose of it. But yeah, it was like the 1800s. They're like, probably had a little bit of a religious bent to it too of like, you know, for whatever reason, they were settlers. I think they walked here from 
New York or something. It was like a God. Really, I remember reading it and being like, that's far. <laughs> Too far. Y'all walked far. And it's like, to, you walked all that way and then you stopped in Mesquite. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you lost your leg. And God then damn. you can't even be buried with your leg. <laughs> <laughs> things didn't go well for them. I mean, they owned a lot of land. I'm sure things went fine for them. But yeah, I just thought, man, you made a really long trip yeah. and you stopped in Mesquite. Damn. Well. Oh, Lordy. If they only knew, their legend still lives on. So, but I am good for uh, them. <laughs> it's true, and I'm glad for you that Destiny has confirmed, as some other listeners have, that grave rubbings. That's the field trip, man. That's the field trip, and I hope that. Well, I don't know if I hope the school does it because it doesn't really matter. I'm going to take my kids grave rubbing one day. Hell yeah, that's a fun thing, and look them up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, this last one is from Jen. And the subject line is clowns, exclamation mark. I'm going to mute myself for this so my screams don't interrupt anything. All right. I recently discovered you all and have been going back and listening to earlier episodes. I'm now listening to Sam the Sandown Clown, and I'm on the intro when you all are talking about Christy's hate of clowns and various clown pranks, and I knew I had to write in. I have long been frightened of clowns started with the viewing of Poltergeist at around four years old, still persists now, 40 years later. In the late 90s, when I went off to college, I went with a handful of good friends from high school, including my roommate slash best friend and her boyfriend, who was also on campus with us. My roomie and I quickly fell into roles, and one of mine was that only I remembered our mailbox code, so I got the mail every time we had any. One day, I fetched the mail and had a letter addressed to me, no return address. It looked a little beat up, but I opened it and nearly fell down the stairs. It was a single sheet with a creepy clown on it and some kind of writing. My 26 years older brain remembers serial killer magazine cutouts, but it could have just been messy scrawl and said something like, Hi, Jennifer. I can't wait to see you. Love, Boxo the Clown. Or something equally troubling. My new friends weren't aware of my clown fear, but we were at a school that had dozens of my fellow high school graduates, so I assumed the mystery could be easily solved. I called a friend from home, shrieking that I was going to kill him, but he genuinely didn't know what I was talking about. I asked my roommate and her boyfriend, and they were equally confused, but also very amused, both at the concept and my horror. I continued to get boxo letters. They got creepier. Some were even burned on the edges just to give that Pennywise touch. I think the final one was of a clown with red eyes, photoshopped to be eating a lobster, at the time my favorite animal, saying, XOXO, boxo. Of course, the edges of the letter and the envelope were burned and dirty, like they came straight from hell. I can't fully describe how these letters made me feel. I was horrified because clowns, I was unsettled that the person knew me fairly well and also that after asking everyone I knew and getting denials all around, someone was lying to me. I was also a little impressed because like I said, it was the 90s. We still had computer labs in the dorms. Someone made a lot of effort for these letters. After a few weeks, the letters stopped. I guess I forgot about them. My roommate and her boyfriend broke up and then got back together. One day, they finally confessed to me that it had been them all along. I lost my mind. I think I cried, probably more in relief than anything, that there wasn't someone I didn't really know who knew my fears and knew where I lived. We're all still friends. Boxo is just a memory now. 
but that bastard really messed with me back then. I think I still have one of those letters somewhere. I'll see if I can dig it up and send it in. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Love you, gals. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling of opening your fucking mailbox. Ooh, baby. The cloud voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that was a request from Christy. Could you please do a cloud voice? It was better than I expected. I only wish that you hadn't muted yourself while you were dying laughing at me doing it. But uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I feel your pain, Jen. This is, I went through something similar also in college. <laughs> That's right. I started receiving... Um, Newsletters, clown okay. newsletters addressed to me. And then uh like clown figurines would appear on Lean. like the door to my dorm room and stuff. I eventually found out it was some friends of mine. But um yeah, when I opened that and I was like, what? And it was just like 10 pages stapled together. I'm sure I have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I will look. In a little bit, because I think I might know where it will be. And if I have it, I will, uh, Please. We'll, we'll, we can post it on our Patreon and our social. Yeah, we'll post it. Yeah. Um, I'm Jeez. glad that you were nice enough to forgive them because I don't know if I asked them and they lied to me. I don't know that I'd like that. I know, right? It's one thing to be like, okay, you guys, I've been getting these clown letters at you and being like, all right, yeah, you got us. It was us. We weren't going to tell you unless you asked, but since you asked, we'll tell you the truth. But to ask and be like, no, it wasn't us. It must have been an <laughs> evil clown that wants to kill you. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, great. I'm fucking terrified. Boxo. That's like such a ooh, good. name, too. That is a good clown name, though. It's creepy. It, to me, it sounded like um, something off of... Um, are you afraid of the dark or like goosebumps? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, either of those seems like, oh, it's Boxo. If you get a letter in the mailbox from Boxo the Clown and you open it, that means you're Boxo's next target and you have mm-hmm. to send the letter to someone else. Something like that. But in this case, it's just your friends being fucking assholes in college. It's so mean. <laughs> she'll cry. If we put another clown in there, she'll cry. It's oh, like, yeah. don't put the clown in there. Oh, it doesn't end in college. Tommy then later That's when right, we were dating like- <laughs> decided to continue to prank me for i mean it was a long con for years about <laughs> the lakewood clown and how there was a uh, a house of crazed clowns that all lived near That's us right. and this particular house in the front yard had i don't think they do anymore a light fixture with the bop, 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 bop. four different like globe bulbs on it but it was like red green yellow blue and so it was very clown like and creepy and it was out of place and he would always drive by and be like oh gosh do you feel that the car won't the car won't drive oh what's going on oh yeah and he'd like pull over in front and be like i don't know the car just stopped oh no we're near the lakewood clown and then he changed my screensaver once when I wasn't at home right. to just say greetings from the Lakewood clown. And then later that night it came on when I was by myself and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you're like, anyway, we're married now. We have two kids. We're really <laughs> yeah, happy. So, <laughs> I guess 
<laughs> I too forgave. So, uh, you know, good for you, you Jen. And you forgave. Well, yeah, Jen, good for you for ex- escaping Boxo. Uh, for any of our very talented listeners, if anyone wants to draw Boxo for Fan Art Friday, <laughs> I would be terrified. I would love to see a horrifying uh, Boxo drawing. Or if Jen can find one of the letters, just like Chrissy, if you can find your clown newsletter. I'll I'm look. I'll look. Deeply interested in any of that. <laughs> The favorite part for me is that it was photoshopped eating a lobster, which one that in and of itself, thinking of an image of a demonic clown eating a lobster, hysterical. Also, that a lobster was Jen's favorite animal at the time, which implies it is no longer. And maybe because Boxo ruined it for her. Yeah, Boxo ate it. Jen, let us know what your current favorite animal is and why. I'm interested in that too. See, I just love a follow-up. Never never knew someone that lobster was their favorite animal, but I'd like to hear why too. I know people that love friends, that they love lobsters because like, oh, you're my lobster. Oh, that's true. Friends. So I can see that being a reference, but maybe she just thought lobsters were cute. They are cute. Yeah, they also... Tastes real good. Yeah, they do. Sorry. Sorry, lobster. <laughs> me and Boxo have something in common. We love to eat lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Call me a monster. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, we promised it. We're now at that final segment where we oh, want to discuss yes. with you the film Slother House. This oh, was a- man. From what I can tell, it was like a one-night-only event at AMC, but I, I imagine it'll get a wider release somewhere. Maybe it'll be on streaming. I hope As- so. Uh, we, as I Googled it, several of the actors are British. They're like well-known British actors. So oh. if you're one of our UK listeners, you might recognize some of the main characters from being on a couple of pretty popular British television shows, including the, the woman that plays the house mother. She looked familiar to me. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. None of them have British accents. They're all no. American. But she did look familiar to me. And so did the the main the the bitchy sorority girl the main kind of villain i guess the yeah. the human villain because <laughs> is the sloth a villain well if you're not familiar with what we're talking about there's a movie that has just been produced and released called slother house i'll read you the log line senior emily young wants to be elected sorority president she adopts a cute sloth thinking that it will help her win but a string of fatalities implicates the sloth so a good way to put implicates <laughs> implicates the sloth like you said is the sloth the villain because that sloth came from hard beginnings and it yeah. just got worse <laughs> he was traumatized as a baby sloth and you know sat with that trauma and then he was taken by a poacher and tried to be sold to a sorority girl who the sloth thought was his best friend it, it, he imprinted yeah. on Emily like they, but then with no explanation, we are all just to accept that at some point in this movie, the wait, sloth- wait, wait, if you're listening and you don't want it to be spoiled, <laughs> turn it off now. <laughs> the sloth learns how to use cell phones as well as social media and begins posting captions and like instagram pictures and stories there's hashtags he's it's it's incredible at first he hacks other people's instagram and then he eventually gets his own instagram sorry she gets her own instagram the sloth is named alpha and she's a female sloth and 
I'll tell you what. The fact that the sloth has mastered the arm out taking a selfie, it's probably <laughs> the sloth can do it because of it is got such a long mm-hmm. arm. My question is thumb wise, how is it sm- snapping the button? It might just be clicking the volume. I think button it was the those side. two the two two toes there. Yeah, that's how on it did side. a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was uh the sloth was incredible. I'm team sloth the whole time. Oh Start yeah. Finish, sure. I was team sloth in this movie. Um everybody got what they deserved. <laughs> there was one character in the film that was the voice of reason and man yeah. did she get done dirty. <laughs> to where I screamed. I was we were the only people, us, Tommy and Paris, except for like two or three other people, like in the very back of the audience. But we were laughing so hard that I hope we didn't ruin the movie for them. I know. I was concerned. But I was like, at one point, I thought, man, are we laughing too much? But it wasn't like we were purposefully over laughing. The movie, it per- and I think it did it on purpose. It's very campy. It's meant to be funny yeah. and ridiculous. And it's very well executed as far as like the the score is really good. The acting is funny. There's some like logistical questions in the script, but like dialogue wise, it's very funny and witty. I liked, mm-hmm. I really liked it. And I, thought, uh, I commented, I was like, everyone was a really good actor. At this. Yeah. There was one character. I get why they put it in there, but I, it felt forced and unnatural. And if you yeah. see it, you'll see what I mean. But ever the, the uh, house mom that I guess is a big oh, yeah. British actor. Yeah. She was great. She was so, in fact, the scene with her and Emily was one of the hardest in the movie that I laughed. It truly is. And that's some of the best writing. And it's a lot of good, um, you know, situational irony, subversion of expectations where it's a horror movie. And so it's like they really lean into it. And it's very winky face without being too self-indulgent. Because I also don't like movies when they're like, we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, This movie came more about like, we're doing this movie as hard as we can. And you get it, right? Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. it wasn't too much like, huh, huh, huh. We're very funny in your face. I thought it's kind of like a mixture of like a horror Mean Girls with a little yeah. bit. Of, it's like Mean Girls, Cocaine Bear. Bodies, and, bodies, bodies. Yes. Something like fun and, you know, exciting. It's pretty much start to finish. There's like a lot of excitement going on, but in a fun way. Yes. If it, I hope it gets a bigger release for Halloween. Because yeah, it deserves it. really it. is. It for what it is, I thought it was really funny and really well done. Oh, really funny. Yeah. Tiff Stevenson is Miss Mayflower, the house She's mom. She's great. You all have heard of her. And then Lisa Amblavanar, who plays Emily, she plays the, kind of the lead. And then Brianna, Sydney Craven is Brianna, the kind of female uh, villain that is in it. So, or the villain character that's the human. She looked really <laughs> familiar to me, but I can't place what she's from. She looked like if I saw her with different hair, I think I'd be able to figure it out. But she had much different hair than I think I remember her with. Um, EastEnders is the TV show um, on BBC that she was on for a while. Mm. She played Alexandra DaCosta. And then she was in a Jeepers Creepers reboot in 2020. Well, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. But She kind of looks like a young Shannon Doherty. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, she had a bit. She has a familiarity to her. I mean, she looks like a star, and she was mm-hmm. very good and very yeah, funny. She um, was. Yeah, they're all. It's funny that Sydney, the main uh, villain, was is British, and then yeah, Lisa also is British. She's from Derby, England, but they all speak with American accents. But uh, you would not know that. It's, no. You would know that they're British. They're all such phenomenal actors. But man, it's wacky. It's weird. Nobody's paying us to do this. They should have because <laughs> we were spending so much time talking about it. But man, it was so fucking funny. I'd like to watch it again. I would. Yeah, it was. 
it's only from what I can tell a one night thing, but if it comes back or it's on streaming, I absolutely I'll own it. I would yeah, buy I'd the buy DVD. Yeah. I want to. I said I want to dress up as one of the, my. It's like because the sloth has. There's different scenes and different parts throughout the movie. I was like, it would be fun for like you and all your friends to go as various sloths, like mm-hmm. the sloth and the tiara is the sloth, or with all the stuffies around it, the sloth, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll do sloth costumes or something. For oh my Halloween. god! Do a, a sloth themed birthday party, Halloween birthday party. Perfect. <laughs> there's so many things I want to talk about, but I've I've already talked about a lot of funny parts and I don't want to ruin any more funny parts, but offline, I got to talk about some just like small things that I was like, Oh, when she fucking walks down the stairs and she's just like, help. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. The the, the movie plays very well with tension. I will say, and they use tension well, which is a very important for comedy and very important for horror. And I think they, they used it both so well and the verisimilitude of the dr- very dramatic and well done score up against you're seeing a sloth murdering and things it makes it makes it way more immersive and it hits you in the gut funnier it's so much funnier yeah, yeah. that the sloth is doing something so ridiculous but the shot is so good it's you know it's edited so well and it sounds so good and you're just like wow a lot of people spent a lot of money on this that's and what I'm, I'm saying thank god they did god and that's why they deserve a wider release perhaps and in an awesome- um, maybe in the UK it is since uh, they're British. Maybe they're getting more. Yeah, I hope so. Recognition I hope so. over there, but or maybe later in October it'll come out more. We need to have another Slaughterhouse watch party or I something. Hope so. That was a hoot. If it becomes available for you to see, highly recommend going to see it. It was please, a great time. Yeah, please do. We just we need more movies like that. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's like the stakes are low. Like it's it's a fun experience and there's tense moments, but you don't leave feeling like legitimately scared. It's a yeah. fun scare. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that it has a very fun premise and it delivers perfectly on the promise of its premise. And it's not trying to be anything else. If you go mm-hmm. in going like that wasn't as good as a conjuring movie, well, it ain't a conjuring movie. No. That's not <laughs> what they said it was. They were like, listen, it's in the name. You guys like, it's like cocaine bear. Yeah. We're going to call it that. So you just know from the title and from the poster shit's about to get wheels off. And <laughs> that is putting it mildly. <laughs> now the trailers leading up to it of, actual horror films oh yeah every single one of them i will go see and they all seem scary that five night at freddy's trailer you and paris had i think gone to to get concessions i was gripping tommy's arm like it's all my worst nightmares come to life in a a film um oh my god that one didn't but what was the one with the mannequin Yeah, there's a weird Kindle movie that's like an evil oh. Kindle that's following people around. Yeah. It's Not like it, nowadays. There's one called like Inside, and then the other one is about Speak. It's not Speak Now. That one's already taken. Yeah. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something like that. They all look fucking scary. There was another, there was a Conjuring film, The Nun 2, I think. Wasn't that, oh, yeah, that, that in the Conjuring look- universe? Yeah. They the- all look fucking scary. I told Tommy, I was like, Horror movies are starting to hit different. And I think it's because Gen Z is now making films. And, like, Mm. you can see this shift in, like, kind of the approach to the humor and horror genre getting much, much better and better done. But also, 
just interesting concepts of fear that I haven't seen done before. Like several of those movies, I've never seen a concept like that before. Yeah, no, I agree. Or like, it's a fresh twist on it. Like Mm -hmm. the one with the creepy mannequin, it's called Don't Look Away. Uh, And I guess it's in the style of It Follows. Yeah. It's either made by the same people or sort of a similar thing. But this idea of looking out your window and there's like a life-size Ken doll with this like very wicked face standing nude on your lawn. Horrifying. You know, it's it kind of it's ridiculous on its premise. And then when it's executed, you're like, no, that's fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's very scary. I I don't think that one is intended to be funny. I think that Not one at is all. intended no. to be legitimately scary, as is Five Night at Freddy's. I, I was like, kids play this video game. This is mm-hmm. a nightmare. My mm-hmm. God, it's that one looks very good. I can't. I wait definitely to see remember it. a kid I babysat one time was like, can we watch Five Nights at Freddy's? on like it was like youtube videos or something and then we started watching it and i was like ah your parents can watch this with you because i'm gonna have nightmares and Mm -hmm. i don't feel appropriate about this Mm -hmm. this shit this bear is all fucked up looking running at the screen i can't no you're like in i don't know about this circus amusement park stuff gets me when it comes to life and is weird and stuff it's just like, yeah, it's probably for the best. Let's turn that off. Let's watch normal stuff. We don't need to watch some horror. <laughs> but now, if it's scared that many people and that many people are into it. Speaking of horror movies, one more thing. Dear David comes out October oh, yeah. 13th. So our uh, our episode on that, you got to, if y'all haven't listened already, make sure you listen to that before the premiere on the 13th. We'll definitely go see it and compare. Yeah, for sure. Two. Well, thank you to everybody that made Slother House. And... <laughs> Thank you to everyone that sent in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. We just released like four different bonus contents in the past 48 hours. There's two minisodes up right now. And then there's a Judge Christie that's up and Am I the Asshole that's up. There's all sorts of good stuff that we just recently posted. Oh, we also have our August minisodes up. So make sure you check that out. It is the 2007 Washington phone call stalker where people were getting calls basically describing what they were wearing and saying they were going to be killed in their home is very eerie to think about. And it had us reminiscing a lot about our old, old days of early iPhones in 2007 Mm -hmm. and how technology has come so far and how creepy shit with technology has come so far. Very true. Well, head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out SinisterHood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. You can also review the show while you're there, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun, like topic-based playlists. And whenever we have live shows, we'll put the links to those for tickets there, too. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter threads at Sinisterhood Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You go on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And check us out on Cameo. If you're not familiar with Cameo, you can order custom personalized video shout outs. Let us know what type of message you want us to deliver. Happy birthday, happy anniversary. Or if you have a, uh, a 
grievance for the honorable Judge Christie. We could get Christie to rule on a, a judge. That if you had a a tiff, if you want us to uh, tell somebody to quit fucking around with something, tell us. We'll we'll do the message. You there's a box. You say who you are, who the message is to, and in the in the box, you just tell us what to say, and we'll say it. So how, you know, birthday anniversary, people love those. Love a pep talk, but get creative with it. Fuck it, it's cameo. I have a legitimate judge's robe and two gavels at my house. So if I can dress up is what I'm saying. You can dress up. We've had requests for McGruff, the crime dog. McGruff Mm -hmm. just did a birthday video for somebody. So, uh, yeah, just put it in that uh, in the request and we will do our best to do that. Cameo.com and search Sinisterhood for your personal video shout outs. Where are you at on the Internet? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm pretty much everywhere at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.